Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, October 15th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, I think the Federal Reserve is pretty close to a crossroads. Jerome Powell and company are going to have to pick their poison. The inflation data is screaming tighten monetary policy, but the economic data is pointing to a weakening recovery. That means it probably isn't the best time to pull the plug on stimulus. After all, it's the stimulus that's propping up this whole out-of-whack economy to begin with. So we got the September CPI data this week. It tells you what you already know if you go out and buy things in the real world. Prices are still rising rapidly. The CPI came in above expectations. The projection was for a 0.3% month-on-month gain. The actual number came in at 0.4%. That pushed the yearly gain to 5.4%. It was the fifth consecutive month with year-over-year CPI gains exceeding 5%. If you annualize the CPI through the first three quarters of 2021, you come up with a 6% inflation rate. Now, you might notice that that's more than slightly above the Fed's mythical 2% target. And don't forget, these government numbers understate the true extent of rising prices. A lot of the mainstream reporting noted that housing costs were up in September, but owner's equivalent rent, that's the method used to calculate rental costs in the CPI, is still only at 2.9%. The actual cost of renting an apartment or a home far exceeds this number. It's up like 13% on the year, or some ridiculous number like that. Owner's equivalent rent makes up 23% of the CPI number. So if we actually had an honest CPI, we'd almost certainly be seeing double-digit inflation right now. We also got the producer price data yesterday. The PPI is still showing a lot of price pressure as well. Month on month, it was up 0.5% in September. On a year-over-year basis, we're looking at producer price inflation of 8.6%. This was slightly below projections, but it still indicates a lot of inflationary pressure. So this can go one of two ways. Producers can pass these price increases on to the consumer. And that means we'll continue to see hot CPI numbers. Or producers can try to eat those costs, but that's going to hurt their bottom line, which is bad for the stock market and more broadly for economic growth. So anyway, at this point, even the central bankers at the Federal Reserve are having a hard time sticking to the transitory inflation narrative. And it looks like the mainstream is starting to worry about it, too. We saw something completely different happen in the gold market this time around. Initially, we had the knee-jerk sell-off that we've been having every time we've gotten hot CPI numbers. But then gold and silver did what you would expect them to do in an inflationary environment. They both rallied. In fact, gold pushed above $1,800 an ounce for a time yesterday. Now, the metals have given back some of those gains, but this move tells me that maybe mainstream traders are starting to worry that the Fed can't or won't fight inflation. Now, I think this narrative is going to be hard to break because we've been hard on it now for months, but I think we're starting to see this narrative break down a little bit. Over the last several months, we've lived in this weird paradoxical world where people sell an inflation hedge when we get news of increasing inflation. 
That's because the expectation has been that the central bank will ride in on this white horse and slay the inflation dragon. Every time we've gotten strong inflation data, everybody has just assumed that means tightening is right around the corner. Powell and company are going to taper asset purchases. They're going to raise interest rates sooner rather than later. Are they, though? I've been skeptical about this narrative all along because they surely know that stimulus is driving this so-called economic recovery. And they have to know that taking the punch bowl away is going to crash the party. Even getting into the inflation fight is going to do serious damage to economic growth. Now, I'm not saying they won't make some kind of move. I mean, you can't continue emergency monetary policy forever, right? At some point, you have to concede the emergency is over. And we're still doing emergency monetary policy today. We have the exact same 0% interest rate today that we had back in March 2020. We have the exact same insane quantitative easing as we had back in March 2020. The central bank is printing money to buy some $120 billion in bonds every single month. That's going on now, today, even with 6% inflation, according to the cooked government numbers. We're as loose right now as loose can be. So, yeah, the Fed will, quote-unquote, tighten. But they aren't going to really tighten. They're not going to end QE next month. They aren't going to raise interest rates. And when or if they do get around to raising rates, it's going to be, what, maybe half a percent? So what? What's that going to actually do? You know, they could hike nominal rates to 5% today, and real interest rates would still be negative. In other words, any tiny little rate hike that the Fed initiates is going to be too small to have any real effect on the inflation curve. Now, interestingly, bond yields on the long end of the curve fell on the hotter-than-expected inflation news this week. So maybe the markets are starting to figure it out. Maybe they're waking up to the fact that even if the Fed makes some move to fight this non-transitory inflation, that it's really not going to be much of a fight. Because here's the thing, if the Fed actually fights inflation in earnest, if it gets in the ring and really starts punching, it's going to crush whatever is left of this so-called recovery. So it makes sense that long-term yields would fall. You should be looking past whatever rate hikes the Fed might maybe do in late 2022 or not, and consider the inevitable rate cuts that will follow. As Peter Schiff put it, any tightening policy today sows the seeds for the next easing. And of course, every successive ease has to be bigger than the one before to have any effect. And you can go back and look at the history of rate cuts to see this. We had the dot-com run-up. And after that crash, they cut rates. And then we had the housing bubble pop. And they cut rates again, and they had to cut rates even deeper. And this time around with Rona, they've had to not only cut rates, but really up quantitative easing. So every time we get bigger and bigger stimulus. So yeah, I think the mainstream is starting to worry about inflation. In fact, during an earnings call, J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon expressed concern about higher-than-expected and persistent inflation ahead. He told analysts and investors that year-over-year inflationary readings under 4% are, quote, unlikely over the next six months. Quote, We're prepared for probabilities and eventualities, and one of those probabilities is that inflation might go higher than people think. I don't know if it's going to go higher than I think, but you know, for the mainstream, that's probably true. You know, and really, it almost seems like an understatement, right? I mean, 
given that yearly readings have been above 5% for five straight months. As I've already talked about, the mainstream narrative has been that the Fed will step in and tighten monetary policy to fight inflation. This is why we've seen the sell-off in gold and silver every time we get hotter than expected CPI data. But reading between the lines, Diamond seems skeptical that the Fed will move quickly, and he said that he doubts that the central bank will raise rates, quote, before late 2022. So, you know, he's kind of looking at the, the cards, and he's saying, yeah, I don't know about this, uh, this narrative. So, as I said at the top of the show, I really think the Fed is at a crossroads. It's going to have to pick its poison. It can really clamp down on the monetary policy to fight this inflation and risk tanking the economy, or it can keep the stimulus spigot open and keep the economy floating along. Now, my guess is they're probably going to try to take some middle-of-the-road approach. You know, tighten a little, uh, you know, maybe taper slowly, then uh, maybe notch interest rates up just a little bit. You know, kind of try to ease down the middle of that road. You know what they say when you try to stay in the middle of the road? You get run over going both ways. That, to me, seems like the most likely outcome here. I'm talking about stagflation, low economic growth, high unemployment, high inflation. Here's the big problem for the Fed. These central bankers have been claiming to be data dependent, but the data is telling them two different things. The inflation data is saying tighten, but the economic data is meh at best. So last Friday, I broke the much-anticipated September jobs report. To call it disappointing is an understatement. The U.S. economy added 194,000 jobs last month. The projection was for around 500,000 new jobs, and this was the second big miss in a row. Now, oddly, despite not adding very many jobs, the unemployment rate dropped from 5.2% to 4.8%. On the surface, this seems like a positive, right? Unemployment's going down. But one of the big reasons that number came down is people simply left the workforce. The labor force participation rate went down from 61.7 to 61.6. So a lot of people are just dropping out. In fact, I wrote an article this week about the number of people that are just up and quitting their jobs and some of the reasons for it, (coughs) vaccine mandates. And I think that uh, I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes page. Now, you know, if you look at the labor market, it shows you just how messed up this economy really is. And this was entirely predictable. I said when the government started locking everybody down that it was going to have extreme economic consequences. And I said all of the talk about the V-shaped recovery was a fantasy. And here we are. Economic growth keeps getting revised down. Prices are blowing through the roof. Shelves are empty. Supply chains are snarled. Oh, but don't worry about that. Uncle Joe is going to fix it by pressuring shipping companies to work 24-7. I roll. This is another great example of government breaking something and then acting like it's the great fixer. You know, politicians never look in the mirror and consider that maybe they're the ones effing things up in the first place. And perhaps they should just quit doing something. But, you know, they have to do something in order to convince you that they're useful. I can guarantee that getting Washington, D.C. involved in logistics and shipping will create a host of new problems that politicians are going to blame on the free market. I've been saying for years that you can't call an economy with a central bank manipulating the money and an almost all-powerful central government in Washington, D.C. dictating everything from on high a free market. But alas, that's the narrative that we get. Anyway, I digress. 
Everybody was all juiced up about this jobs report. Jerome Powell has specifically said that the September job numbers would be instrumental in the Fed's decision as to whether or not to start the quantitative easing taper. So if the taper really hinged on this jobs report, you have to conclude no taper, right? Because this was not a good jobs report. It was a weak jobs report, especially given the expectations. So here we are at a crossroads. Which poison pill does the Fed take? Does it go with the weak economic data and keep stimulating? Or does it go with the inflation data and tighten? Or does it try to walk some kind of tightrope in the middle? Like I said, I think they're going to go middle of the road. The economy will continue to languish and inflation will continue to be not transitory. But no matter what the central bank does, it's not good news for you or me. I mean, high inflation, not good. Tanking economy, not good. This economy is completely jacked up. Just look around you. The central planners can central plan all they want. They cannot fix this. In fact, they central planned us into this mess to begin with. All we can really do is plan ourselves how we're going to protect ourselves as best we can from the fallout. A shift gold precious metal specialist can help you do that. I highly recommend talking to one of those guys today. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160 or you can just shoot them an email, info at shiftgold.com. You can chat with them on the website. These guys are fantastic. They will look at your portfolio, your investment goals, and they'll help you see how precious metals can fit into your investment strategy. So get in contact with those guys today. So that's the gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of the stories that I've talked about and more. And of course, keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week over at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to this show, the Friday Gold Wrap, over at iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links to this stuff on the show notes page, along with links to all of our social media channels. We appreciate you listening to the show. I will talk to you again next week. Have a great weekend.